For all of you who listen to Submersion and own an Android device, go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I personally use the app and I love it. I can search for the podcast I want to listen to, select it as a favorite, and have it just a click away. Make sure you select Submersion as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes every Thursday. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. Episode 136. Woo! And we are looking fly AF. Everybody is suited up, well, most in ties. Most I'm of a the piece way. of trash. Don't have a tie on. Trash, man. It's trash. Uh, yeah. Just don't look below the waist on, on my, and I'm looking great. All right. Yeah, man, that's pretty much the same here. Just uh, <laughs> For those listening at yes. home, I got the, the silver suit on with the purple dress shirt and a nice purple tie. Wow. Beautiful. Get turned on, listeners. Beautiful. I got my uh, black suit, a nice uh, kind of pink grid uh, shirt, and a purple patterned tie. Nice. I'm wearing those fireworks. Navy blues jacket with the white button up dress shirt. Navy blues. That's a little bit of a hint on what we watched today. I got a tie on. Do you guys know what that is? No. It's R2 D2. Spoiler alert. I can't see that. Ben got it. Is it? it? I'm wearing an R2 D2 tie. Um, Now, all of you tie wearers, what kind of knot? I did double Windsor myself. I did did as well. I did a half Windsor. Okay. Okay. Respectable. Kyle, what was yours again? What was yours again? I usually go with a bow tie. But but not right now, right? Because you what? Not right now. No time. I'm unbuttoned, unbuttoned navy navy suit as well with the white button up. And as the fat man does, no tie, couple top buttons undone. Let me breathe. Let me vent. Don't let me sweat too much. (laughs) I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna do a bow tie as well. I just didn't have time. Like literally, mm. getting the bow tie done would take a while. I have to warm the spingies. Who are you wearing? Oh. Who, are you, who are you wearing, Kyle? Is that uh, Louis Vuitton Husky? <laughs> this is uh, actually Michael Strahan. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, I so. can't remember. Anyways, mine's a, mine's a, mine's one Joseph A. Bank. Um, Ooh, a Joseph A. Bank, if you will, Mr. Joey, Joey, Joey J. Uh, yeah, you could refer to him as Mr. Bank. Okay. But, uh, okay. Joseph A. Bank. Yeah. Now, Not a sponsor, now that everybody is completely switched on, totally <laughs> loving that we are wearing suits and we're in your ears and you're just imagining what we look like. Imagine a plus size model in a Michael Strahan suit and a sexy man in a Joseph A. Bank suit. Mm. Uh, Zach, why on earth are we in suits tonight? Why? Well, let's get this ready, listeners. You guys got to get ready for this. Big news. Big news. Huge news. This might quite possibly be, no joke, no lie. Look at this. Big, big news. We finally did it, gang. We finally did it. We finally got an award. We did it. We are an award-winning podcast. This is it. This is it. The The beginning of the end. Nobody knew, right? That's that was our main goal. We just wanted to win an award and cut this. I'm just kidding. That's not happening. No, we're not I'm leaving. Be, I'm gonna be telling everybody at the water cooler tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Not only am I a host of a podcast, I'm the host of an award-winning podcast. Award. What award? 
What award is that, Zach? Ladies and gentlemen, we officially won. We were the finalists. We didn't say it last week because we were nervous. Kyle was just like a little scaredy, you know. But what? we got it. And the name of this award is the International Broadcasting Guild of America Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! Do you have wait, yes. your soundboard? Does your soundboard not have a pause? Um, Seriously? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's what wins awards, ladies um, and gentlemen. I, I, I thought I downloaded it. I'll be honest. I thought I downloaded it. Apparently, I didn't. My bad. Hmm. I just assume everyone listening is applauding at home or in the office yep. or on the road, wherever they're at right now. Yep. Hopefully, yep. They're, they still have like their elbows on the wheel if they're driving. But Yes. We thank you. We love you. So kudos to us obviously especially this kudos to kyle i mean uh they they said and i because i talked with them a little bit uh, they really applauded the sound design and and the editing that you put in so kyle we appreciate you uh we're just kind of along for the ride in a lot of ways but uh this is yeah. this is really cool it's really special yeah okay. i think the quote the quote actually was that the reproduction was so good that even despite jamie you we still got the award Mm-hmm. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> and, and you I feel bad jump about in. yourself. At, the, uh, at this point, in the in the page one front in the front page article that we scored in the New York Times, um, unfortunately, there was so much to write about that they did have to bump us to page seven. But on page seven, starts to talk about Ben and how you know the great things he's done for this podcast, such as you know of that, and then there's always of all of that, and then there's this and that. He, he does a great job with all of that. So. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. We thank you for doing that. <laughs> well, sure. I, I appreciate it, and I appreciate you guys. And once again, thank you to the IBGAA. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, on that note, I know we're probably chomping at the bit here. Uh, we're doing this. Is I believe a the phrase is serving champing. Intro. Is it not champing at the bit? It is cha- oh, champing. Champing like you're. Like <laughs> I think you're. I think you're champing at that bit. Award-winning sound effects. Wow. We're going to have to give the award back next week. Should we do this? Yes. Yeah. Dive, 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 dive. What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world, Mac East Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, the artist formerly known as Brom, Jamie the Ointment, Kyle El Capitan, and the gruesome twosome present Submersion. Yes. <laughs> Whoa, it's already up there. <laughs> Like a quick quarter second? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I don't know. I couldn't get that explosion to like last, so, but I was like, oh, that's funnier if it just... It's good. <laughs> ...and done. It's yeah. good. So, um, sorry to anybody watching if I just uh, made you seize with that those flashing lights there, um, but I hope you come out of it all right. And... We may actually need to put a seizure warning on that moving forward. Yeah, we, we, we might. <laughs> like, Ooh. 
Anyways, we mentioned what we were doing last week. Well, we just kind of came up with it last week at the end of the podcast because we're like, man, we haven't watched a Seagal movie in a little bit. And we decided that it was time to dive into another one. So, Brom, I think, weren't you the one? Or was it Zach? Which one of you said what I, we should I watch? brought up Seagal. I didn't mm-hmm. say we had to. I didn't know this uh, the, that there was another Seagal movie out there for us yeah, to watch. Yeah, I believe, but I I believe I, may have, I may have confirmed that Under Siege definitely had a submarine in it. Definitely. Wow. We got sub-action, guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, he just snaked that right from you. Stole us twice, <laughs> in, t- two weeks in a row, I've been asked. <laughs> in two weeks, I've been too slow to the draw. Because we watched hey. Under Siege from 1992, mm-hmm. and it is a doozy. Open up like it this, is. right, Kyle? Right, like with this? <laughs> Just like that. Wow, you guys thought you got through the last episode. You never have to hear that sound again. Uh, but no, gotcha. Zach is back in full force. So, yes, we have Under Siege which has two Academy Award nominees starring. One of them is an Academy Award winner, along with martial arts expert Steven Seagal. Yeah, I was really excited seeing who all was in this movie. Dude, all-star cast. Even the side cast. Even the side characters, dude. I mean, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty next level. Yeah, I was actually Uh, nervous. I just just had an idea of what our next movie is going to be, but we'll wait until later. Okay, perfect. Given what you just said. I'm glad okay. you got oh, some yeah. ideas. Digging uh, that up. I was very nervous that there wasn't going to end up being a submarine in this, though, once I was ha- like halfway through it. Because <laughs> mm, uh, there was like... It was obvious what was happening here, and we'll get into that. But when they mentioned that North Korean submarine, and they were like, oh, no, no, totally, we totally yeah. destroyed that. I was like, that just sub has not been destroyed. That's when Don't I knew. Don't even worry like, about okay, it. I'm like, okay, we're good. There's a submarine yeah. in this. 46-minute mark. Yeah, I took note of that too because it's like, here we go, sub time. But yes, those people I had mentioned were Gary Busey, nominated for Best Actor in 1978, and Tommy Lee Jones, he won Best Supporting Actor, was it this year or the year before it, for The Fugitive, and then he's like- It's after this. Is it after this? It is, because it's more like trivia, yeah. Yeah, the the director of The Fugitive is this movie's director. In this movie, is, yeah, that's how we, yeah, that's how we got the oh, job. Okay. Jamie's yeah. probably got it, got the rest of that, but yeah. Okay, all right. Well, forget that I said that. And then, of course, Steven Seagal. And then I, her name escapes me right now, but she is a Erica Aleniak. Erica Aleniak. Um, she is mentioned as Miss July '89 in the movie, and she actually is Miss July '89, oh. along with a host of many other people. Oh yeah, she, she was a Baywatch babe. Yeah, engaged to you know who, Lucky Coin Man himself, Billy, Billy Warlock. Really? Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. When you if you actually look through Playmates uh, from around that era, a bunch of the uh, stars of our submarine films have been engaged or married or involved with them. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. As Weird. I was clicking through, looking they, to see if well, there was other movies that uh, Playmates were in, uh, one of them said that she was raising her child with uh, uh, with Dean Kane. I was like, oh, okay, there we go. Makes you wonder. Dean Kane. Amazing. Uh, did you mention? <laughs> I mean, did you mention Landry's dad? A Morshower? Yeah, oh, no. Landry's Glenn dad's Morsh- in it. I forgot. God. Yeah, Glenn Morshower's there. For Good sure. Dude, I saw that guy and I was like, oh, Landry's dad. I've never even watched the show, but Landry's dad, man. <laughs> Landry's Whoever the heck dad. he is. 
Whoever he is, man. Anyways, does that mean it's time to get going? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm just messing. No, and, and the yeah, only probably. thing, the only additional thing I'd say is that when I mentioned to my brother, Patrick, of BadMovieTwins.com, that's BadMovieTwins.com, that we were doing this movie, he immediately asked, is this the end of Submersion? Because he presumed that we would transition double feature <laughs> from Under Siege into Under Siege 2 Dark Territory. That, that's what said before yeah. <laughs> we were talking before this it's literally what he said yeah That's he was like this is movie? so this is the end right because then you go straight into season two and i was like no i don't think so and he's like no but that'd be perfect you end with under siege <laughs> and you go directly into under siege too yeah we're not even going to get to 150 we just get to like 136 and we're like train movies it kind of no, makes sense like, with under siege like 150 more blown. submarine movies to watch <laughs> well, no, yeah. that would have been hey, we're, perfect. We're, we're stocked with train movies, though. We're ready, right? Um, yeah. Oh, well, they're coming down the tracks. Enough about that. Yeah. And more. Ooh. About Under Siege. So we open, and the U.S. is Missouri, and we're set straight into an exact time. I love an exact time. And this basically is like, what was it, 50 years after <laughs> Pearl Harbor or something? And they were like, we're totally decommissioning the U.S. and Missouri. It was built to defeat everyone in World War II and be a war machine. And now, 50 years later, we're decommissioning it to say that it's like the end of wars or, or whatever. And it's going to get rid of all its nukes and everything's going to be great. And there's George H.W. Bush giving a speech and like, hey, everyone's going to meet him. Dude, and- now, first question here. Um, I saw this and I always thought this would be something I would do if I ever, I don't know if somehow the stars line and I became president of the United mm. States. And then after my term, I would go and audition for every single movie where they needed a president and try to, and I would do it for free. Uh, would you guys do that? Or is that just something totally ass? I don't think they'd hire you as an actual president. No. Oh, wouldn't that suck though? Be like, come on guys. I'm offering my services. It'd be funnier if you were a failed candidate, like you almost won, and then you auditioned, oh, and you were like, it was like good. President Kyle, and they were like, oh, that's funny, that's a, a failed candidate keeps on appearing as the president, even though he lost. I like that actually better. <laughs> Maybe I will make a run and then begin doing that. Anyone can run. Well, the as time is now. Yeah. Anyways, Casey Ryback, he's a cook. Hey, I'm just cook. What, what, can anyone do an impression? Just a, low, just a lowly cook. Nice. That was a good one. Even he doesn't at this point he's like joking around. He's like, I'm a cook. Nope. Don't even worry about it. He's even doing a Cajun accent at one point, which is straight out of the other movie that we saw where he was Cajun. Yeah. Well, I, I know. And yeah, his voice changed this, back and forth. Like it legitimately changed. <laughs> it did. It was so <laughs> awesome. And this blew my mind because I was like, where is Steven Seagal actually from? And so I looked him up. He's not far from where I used to live in Michigan. He's in from Lansing, Michigan, mm. where Michigan State is. And I can tell you that accent does not really belong to that area. So I don't know what's going on, but I mean, you don't have people whatever. walking around Lansing going, where my crew? No, <laughs> I, no. But anyways, we also, he is down there using his Cajun accent. He is smiling. There is a just flipping dance off. Oh yeah. Cue ball. And let's pray to God that I've got these clips lined up. Oh, in the house. They love dancing. Oh my god, dude! I totally accidentally hit a button and then cut the clip. But anyways, <laughs> you get it, man. Yeah. 
There's I gotta a cancel off. Should I, should I show it again? <laughs> Dude, we're we're award we're an award winning podcast. What, what like, we've been doing is, is what that a yes or a no? <laughs> we can we can do whatever the fuck we want. Well, 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 yeah, what we've been doing obviously led to an award, so we need to just keep doing more of that, right? We're like run, run it again, run it again, run it again, run it again, run it again. That's smile right there at the end. Oh my god. Well, the crew that is them. just somebody who is just loving what is happening in front of oh, him. Damn. And I wish that he didn't back out of that dance off and he was the one doing the dance off. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. I gotta yeah, cut so, in. What's that? Real quick. Jay, I don't know if this is gonna be trivia. I don't want to spoil I don't want to rain on anyone's um porch or parade. That character. Did anybody recognize one of the characters in there? One of the actors? Cue ball? No, 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 no. no. no the guy, other guy dancing is well, a character actor, right? Oh, who are, who are you talking about? I'm talking about his his like messmate, the other guy who works in the Roll whatever back. Raymond Raymond Cruz. You want me to play it again? <laughs> roll back. Roll so back. he's from Breaking Bad, right? <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind. Don't roll back. Jamie got yeah. He oh, plays okay. Tuco. Yeah, it's a young oh. Tuco. I was sitting there watching You're the right. movie, and I'm like, God damn, does he not look like Tuco? And I'm like, yep. I think that's a young Tuco. This movie was in 92, and it is a young Tuco. It's a young Tuco. Right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I couldn't so, believe it. Anyone, anyways, he's he's loving his life. He doesn't want to see George H.W. Bush. He's like, get out of here. I don't want to get all dressed up in that stuff. I don't want to see him. Probably secretly, and given what we know about the movie, probably it's because like George H.W. Bush would recognize him. He'd be like, hey, Ryback, what's up? Because he was like a super sweet like Navy SEAL or whatever, and probably like a national hero. And George H.W. Bush probably would be like, hey, Ryback, <laughs> what are you doing here? Uh, but he's got to keep his, he kind of keep it on down low that he's like a badass. So he's just a cook and he's like, hey, do you mind if I don't see the president? And the, uh, and the captain's like, yeah, that's fine. Don't even worry about it. Stay down there. It's my birthday. Get that bouillie base going. Get those pies a cooking. Get those things a going. And uh, oh, Ryback's yeah. like straight up. And in there also is Exo uh, uh, Krill, played by Gary Busey. Played by total oh, dick yeah. face. Everyone hates him, and he's like, "Get him out of here." I don't even like Ryback. And we're immediately like, Busey, get out of here. We don't like you. And so Ryback's down there. They have dance off, all that kind of stuff. And they're told, "Forget this." You know, fuck your food. You have to be up in the mess, all right? When at, when the party happens, we're catering it. We're taking this up a notch. So you get out of here. And th- he's basically like, um, no. Don't even worry about it. He's like, the um, captain loves my food. Yeah. That's what he wants for the birthday party. Right. And so eventually, when they're, they're kind of getting everything organized, and clearly something weird is going on. Because Krill is having them, like, stop all kind of watches and you know, security measures put on lax. And he's like, it's going to be a big old blowout. Don't even worry about it. And the rumor starts going around who's going to be there. Apparently, there's going to be a Playboy playmate. Uh, 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 what, Jordan what? Tate. Uh, which would seem weird that they, even seriously, uh, given, given the scenario that's playing out, that they would even bring her onto the ship. Like why I even need to? Didn't understand that at all. No. Um, it made literally no sense right. later in the. I mean, it was fine. Uh, it worked, but it, it there was no reason for it. Yeah, it worked, it worked for several reasons. You guys reasons. think it worked? 
No, actually, I guess there was, yeah, a, there was a, specific, a very specific reason, Kyle, for why she was on that ship <laughs> and in this yes. movie. If you And we'll see. There's actually two reasons, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, one of the things that he's trying to get done, and the captain kind of gets word of it, is he's trying to have a helicopter mm-hmm. land on the ship without the captain's permission. That's kind of hard to do low-key. I mean, and the captain granted, ships are big, as we know. That ship in the Suez was massive. We Huge. probably could have landed several helicopters on that without knowing. But at least four or five. Somebody would somebody would probably say, Hey, what's this helicopter doing? Wait a minute, Kyle. Somebody? That sounds kind of is that like a conspiracy you're talking about? Yes. yes Classic. Dude. There it is. You got the techno one? Yeah, you got other ones? That one's sick. I love yeah, that, one. that one. is yeah, really dope, good. Dope Have you right ever there. listened to those before? Because that one's good. These are new I'm, ones. These are new I'm, ones. Oh, that might like be the that. most jazzed up I've ever seen Jamie. What? <laughs> I'm jazzed all the time. You should see me at bowling. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, anyways, um, Krill comes down there and he's like, you suck right back. Get in the freezer. They arrest him. Dude. Throw him right in that freezer. Hold on. We have the clip of the century here. Whoa. All right. So... We get a little bit of punch out. We get a little bit of fun. Okay, I'm nervous. Now I know why you're a cook. Shit like Ooh. Glad it got censored. Oof. Little naughty, naughty language there, Gary. What are you doing? But yes. This is Steven Seagal doing what Steven Seagal does much better than the video that Zach and I talked about last week, you know, where he's oh. at that like high, high school gymnasium just whipping ass. Um, <laughs> this is like actual cool stuff, but um, I thought it was so funny. He's like, all right, all right, all right. You know, like he's, he's just like, there's yeah. literally no contest. He knows he him. can probably, that it's going to get pretty serious soon. And he's like, okay, fine. Yeah. I'll get in here. I'm going to escape anyway. Don't worry about it. So anyways, he's thrown in there. The helicopter's coming. We see on there our Playboy playmate, Jordan Tate. We also see a bunch of caterers. And we see Tommy Lee Jones with some sunglasses on, bedazzled jean jacket, looking a leather jacket with jeans on, looking effing sick. Yeah, he does. Dope. Yeah, he does. And he is just like on another level. Mm. He's just going off. Mm. Like you'd think this dude is drugged out of his mind. <laughs> He's like, God damn, I love this job. Mm. And we're like, what's going on? Like, what is what is he even doing? All he's doing is he's flying onto a ship and then yeah. playing a concert, I guess. He jumps out. A birthday he, he's, party. A head of, he's the lead of the concert. The uh, caterers are out there. They're serving food. The playmate is uh, sick, seasick, or, or uh, air sick from the helicopter, and so they give her some pills, and she like falls asleep in the cake. It's well, and she takes like she takes like six pills. Yeah, she takes a bunch <laughs> of pills, falls asleep in the cake. Fine, forget about her for a while. And so, anyways, they're playing the concert. All these things are going on. Uh, Krill goes out. He's like cross dressing and dancing, and everyone's like, "Whoa, that's crazy!" Dude, and he's like, "I'm going to go get the captain." We've got, we've got clip. a clip. Yeah, you got we've it. Got a clip it, of this. This is yeah. the craziest clip of the entire movie. Probably. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, and we've got yeah. There's several. Didn't clips expect that we have this. That are, they're so good. It's July 1989. Oh wait a minute! Wait a minute! No, no, no! That's <laughs> oh not Miss July. Oh my God! Look at him. Commander Krill. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. 
It is too much. And that's, it is too much. <laughs> no, that is not enough. And then, <laughs> oh my God, then the next scene he gets to go, and uh, I think you'd mentioned he's going to go talk to the captain He's going to go to the quick. captain, yeah. Yeah, and we've got that clip. Oh God, just how many clips do you got? <laughs> I imagine I've got, I've got like nine clips here. Um, this, is, this is the way, if I ever have to go into another interview for whatever, this is the way I would like to walk in. I'm your date tonight, Captain. Yeah, and he kills the captain. To be yep. clear, yeah, yeah. So he, he kills yeah, the captain at the same time. Tommy Lee Jones. They start wiping out all the all the people down on below deck, and they they capture everyone else and they put them into the how they how they pronounce it the forecastle or something forecastle. Oh yeah, the, it's it's spelled like forecastle. It's like yeah. the forecastle. Fo- fo- forecastle. Yeah. Forecastle. Yeah. Forecastle. They kept on calling it that. It's like learn something new every day. I guess forecastle. Um, they put them all there and then, uh, but Ryback, he's in the freezer and he's hearing the gunshots and there's like a young guy guarding him and he's like, get me out of, get me out of this gunshots. And the young guy's like, you're just kidding around, whatever. And then they, they're like, call, call, call. So he calls Krill and Krill's like, oh shit, I forgot about Ryback, the stupid cook, whatever. We'll go down and kill him now. So they send a couple of people down there. They kill the young guy. Uh, Busey almost does immediately. say you should send more than two people. Yeah. Busey knew, oh. dude. Busey knew. knew. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's funny because he didn't know that it was that he was so badass. Yeah, it was a little weird. Yeah, no. it's like he knew he was good, but not that good. I guess. Yeah, and I mean, I guess he get, knew him. Before we get even like super crazy far into it, there is a scene where they're in the captain's office after killing the captain. It's Tommy Lee Jones and Gary Busey. Yep. Gary Busey is still dressed up as the clips that I just showed him, which actually looks like something that I went as like a Halloween costume uh, years ago, but. Um, it's it's probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie just because Gary Busey does it so perfectly, and here it is. The past few weeks, Commander Krill has become increasingly hostile to the crew, possibly due to anger over my last reviews of his performance. I recommend that he be given a psychological evaluation before taking over his next assignment. <laughs> Do I look like I need a psychological evaluation? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> That I is awesome. That. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good in that. Just, yeah. there's, uh, there's a lot of that, like, there is that comedy in this movie, which oh, yeah. uh, I, I tend to enjoy. Did you yeah, say they, actually, got, they was... got the nuclear codes out of that? Uh, that's where they found that evaluation right. about the psyche valve. They got they uh, also end up grabbing, like a, like, a confidential manifesto, which comes into play later, and then the nuclear codes were all in that safe. Yeah, and they, they start to yes. contact, they start to talk to um, the Pentagon at this point, too, where they're kind of laying it out. Um, you know, Krill, they, at this point, they don't, Krill, don't know Krill is on there. What they know is Stranix. So, so Tommy Lee Jones' character's name is Stranix. They know that Stranix seems like a very crazy person. And they kind of bring in uh, one of the other people or, or one of the handlers of Stranix who used to be associated with the... Um, kind of like uh, operations of the CIA or whatever. And the guy's like, yeah, we tried to kill him <laughs> and we missed. So um, he's gone crazy and he's taken over the thing. And they're like, how did you let this crazy person, you know, get out of there? And the implication is that basically everyone they train is crazy. Uh, they're like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> they're all crazy. Yeah. So, you kind of got that vibe from them. Uh, yeah. No, of course. It's not. There's no sane people in the department that I run or whatever. Uh, so you get the backstory a little bit of that. 
At the same time, Ryback, the, the two people that come down there, they open up the, the freezer and he's squirreled away in up in like a whatever, pops out of the ceiling. Event, man. Yes, pops yeah. out of the ceiling, kicks some ass, defeats them, no problem. He starts walking around because everything is empty. It's kind of a skeleton crew. And they're starting to build all kinds of weird contraptions. They have like all these like bars everywhere that they're putting up and these rail, this rail system basically within the ship. And he's interested in that. But then he goes down to where the party was and there's a cake and he kind of like bumps into it and out pops uh, Jordan Tate, Playboy Playmate. Yes. And we have some clips from that. Not... Not the full nudie clips. Not the, not right, the we're not rated. Playing, oh, not no. playing that. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Not the rated MA. Hang on. Yeah. Hang on just a second here. So um, there's also, when he when she pops out, she starts dancing and stuff, and then he does this creepy hand grab at the end, and I've got that clip, um, which we'll see, and then he also asks her, like, who the hell are you? And we have that clip as well, because I thought that was relatively funny. All right, who are you and what are you doing here? My name is Jordan Tate. I'm Miss July 89. I was hired to jump out of the cake, but I got really airsick on the way over here. And so this guy gave me these pills and I don't know what happened. And I guess I fell asleep. What kind of babbling bullshit is this? I am an actress, okay? I did a Hunter episode in a Wet and Wild video. You cut the good part there when uh, she asks him, like, uh, what is he? And he's like, I'm a cook. And she's like, oh, we're going to die. <laughs> no, actually, I, I think this is probably the most charming Steven Seagal has ever been, just in terms of his, like, weird humor that he brings into a lot of the scenes, where he's basically, like, at different times, it's like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't like guns. I don't like killing people. It's like, well, do you like to be alive and i'm just like okay this yeah. is probably the best he's ever actually played some of this and maybe it you, is because they let him have you see the hand grab yeah it, where it kind of came forward it's funny yeah. like, what is that that was honestly the only creepy thing he did though i thought he did a good job yeah. of not being creepy around this playboy bunny i also would say that i think generally speaking she's probably regarded as not the best actress right baywatch actress or whatever but I thought yeah, she like did a pretty good job. I thought like she did a great job. Yeah, yeah. I consider. I thought it was pretty good. So like, I, I'm always surprised sometimes when you kind of watch something and it's someone that maybe people would be, oh yeah, a terrible actress or whatever. You watch, you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> She's perfectly fine and seems to have done you know whatever work she needed to do to get to, into this role. She doesn't seem out of place at all to be an actress in this. Anyways, uh, they during the kind of contact back and forth so at this point there's been a couple contacts they, they realize krill is in on the plan and the, at the pentagon and also they start to get a hint from the guy who handled stranix that okay well he was involved in something having to do with the north korean submarine and they're like but you destroy the submarine right and he's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and the pentagon's like all right. <laughs> and then they get a contact from Steven Seagal, and he's basically like, yeah, they're building a, a rail system in here. Anyone know what that's all about? And they're like, uh, maybe with the submarine? You sure you destroyed the submarine? And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so. And you know what? It was also exciting. It's an inside joke. Many of you are on the outside, except for Zach. Uh what do they what's what do they have on this ship, man? What do they have? 
Well, yeah, what do they have, man, that we would have an inside joke on? That we would have an inside joke on. I won't. I won't delve too long into it. Uh, this is great podcasting. They are going to use a the crane. crane. Oh, a crane. It's true. <laughs> yeah, come on. That. I got it. I don't know if it really does it work there. No. Okay. I've, wonderful. I failed. It's Anyways, okay. oh no, <laughs> yeah. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle told me to do it. Yeah, it's clips. Um, well, we're coming up on twenty minutes, but I know uh, this has been Jamie's. Like, you guys have been stepping all over me. You played like nine clips, Kyle. Yeah, like, thousand what's going clips on? going on. Anyways, I'm not even sure what happens next. At this point, he kind of goes around defeating people, trapping people next. He blows up a helicopter. Um, he like hangs Amazingly, off the side with a grenade, man. Yeah. It, his little tricks and moves are actually really cool in this movie. Yeah. Like the grenade and the and the handle of the door. Yeah. The, the then yeah, he escapes. He puts and, the grenade in the handle, explodes some stuff. And I like how he he does that. Like you know, he's using the grenade a few times. Like in most other movies, you'd see somebody they're like, oh well, I've got this special trick, and then they do it one time, you never see it again. Yeah. But he's like, oh hold on, why don't I just do this again because it works? Yeah. Um, that's what you do in real life, I would think, if you were. Running around a ship, taken over by terrorists with a playmate. I mean, I think that's what you have to do. Right. And yeah, so the, the, the SEAL team is on the way. Ryback is getting concerned. He's like, well, if they get to this, wherever they're supposed to be going, wherever they're going to unload these missiles, because he clearly knows from this crane system that they're going to be taking the nuclear missiles off of the ship and putting them somewhere else, either a submarine or another ship. And so they're like, where if they don't arrive before they get to that point, then what's the point? We have to we have to do something about it. So he's going around. He explodes the helicopter. He's killing as many people as he can. Eventually, Krill and uh, Stranix they kind of realize this guy's a problem, and they find a hidden file, a secret file that says basically they open it and just in big letters it says this guy's a badass. And they're like, oh shit, this guy's a badass. We should have got him on our side. What are we doing? Like this sucks. And they're like, okay, we got to kill him. And Krill's like, no, no, no. What is he like more than not being dead? And he's like, what? He's like, he loves his crew and he will do anything to save them. So we're going to drown him. And they, he st- turns on the fire suppression system in the forksel and uh, starts to uh, fill that up with water. He's like, he won't be able to even stand not going to rescue them. And then we'll trap him. Then we'll kill him. No big deal. I'm a genius. Don't even worry about it. Everyone's like, yeah, you're right, Krill. You're a genius. And did anyone know, did anyone know was this from another movie we saw? Didn't we watch one where they were flooding a forecastle uh, in order to do something like where there was weird scenes where everyone was trying to like plug up a hole in like a room that was filling up with water? I could have sworn that I've seen this before. <laughs> I, mean, I think we've seen water and boats and subs quite a bit. It's hard to but just narrow was, it down. I this to was one where they, of... they they lured all the crew into one room and then started filling oh, it with water. And then they started water. killing them. Anyways, it's not good podcasting, us trying to remember about things. But yeah. I could have sworn Anybody one of these. Anybody viewing to. the stream, any listeners you remember? Um, <laughs> oh, uh, go the, ahead. Ti- the Titanic. Oh, the oh, Titanic, of course. It's where they lured everyone in the Titanic down below and then filled they it with water They lured everyone under the Titanic and then sunk it. Right. Savage. So anyways, Ryback, he, he gets back in contact with uh, Tuco and the rest of the guys he knows. And it's basically like, we got to rescue him. And everyone's like, sure. And except for one guy who's like, I'm not into it. But then the playmate's like, I'm going. And he's like, I'm also going. And then they go off and they start killing a whole bunch of people. There's some crazy kills at this point. There's like a big beam that goes through someone's chest. 
He like throws someone into ropes and they hang from a ceiling. They go through a machine room and he like grabs someone and like pushes them through one of the machines and it goes like into a shoulder. Like like a, he pushes him into a bandsaw. Yeah. After he's doing some sick knife work, just making like, dude, making filet mignon out of these guys' (laughs) necks. I mean, it is next level here. It's not the the thing that was the weirdest that he does. The thing that was the weirdest about that scene is how. So there's like two guys working yeah. on another welding on something or whatever, and he's like, he goes rather right than him, take yeah. them out, he tries to like sneak by them, and then another guy comes in, and he's like, oh shit, now I got to fight these other two guys that I probably just should have killed, uh, but whatever. Yeah, I get more savage and hit them, hit them with the bandsaw. Yeah, and then they he ended up they ended up on the the deck at this point. I, I think this is the point when the submarine arrives. Is that right? Yeah, the sub is sub is now here. Yeah, and, and so they kind of come out. They come out on deck and they see that the submarine's there. And he's like, "Oh shit!" So he like rigs up this little thing, like a, another bomb, and he jumps into the water and he swims around. And they're seeing him and they're like, "Shoot him! Shoot him! Shoot him!" And like, but before they can really shoot him, and they're, they're also like, "Hook him! Hook him!" And they got these like grappling hooks that they're like throwing into the water. And before yeah. they can grab him, he's able to get a bomb in there, and he. Uh, blows up one of the diving planes of the submarine and basically stops it from being able to uh, close up and dive. Uh, but he got, climb, climbs back on deck and he's got this massive wound from having been hooked by one of these grappling hooks. And this point was so weird. It was like the, the Jordan Tate, the Playboy Playmate, takes him down below, starts to bandage up his wounds and puts like a, a little cover on him. And it's as if they're like, and now he must rest for the next few days. But he'll be ready for the rest of the movie, and it's just like yeah. it's going to be five minutes from now that he has to do something. Like, what but is he? She saves him. She uh, yeah. she uses a gun, which she said she wasn't going to use, and she kills uh, Cole Meany, who's another character actor. She shows up in a lot of movies. And that guy, I'm trying to remember who he looks. He looks like somebody who's significantly younger. The guy who was in the new Pet Cemetery and in um. A movie with like Shia LaBeouf where they're moonshiners. What the heck is that dude's name? He's in First Man. Um, oh. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Jason Clark. Yeah. Jason Clark. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He does look like Jason Clark. You're right. I at first I thought I'm like, wait, is Jason Clark like significantly older than I thought, and also lose a lot of weight? And it's like, no, that's a different guy. But I could see them being related. Are they? I I don't know. I don't think so. Sucks. Anywho, the submarine is all like disabled. It like scoots out into the water. Basically, he's like, meet me later to uh, uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Gary Busey's there. He's like, I'll fix it. I'll see you later. And off they go. And they're like kind of just hanging out there trying to fix this diving plane. And Gary Busey is getting increasingly erratic throughout this movie where he's like, I'm going to fix this diving plane. He's like, why can't you speak English to all these like Italian people? And I just like, I don't know. I I can't even deal with this. And Tommy Lee Jones is also getting increasingly weird. He's like, she's like drinking champagne and like hanging out like because, uh, uh, Steven Seagal is going to shit. You know, Steven Seagal, yeah, he had, he had disabled all the launching stuff. They were going to blow up Honolulu already with Tomahawk missiles. And that's all, that's all been put to shit by Steven Seagal. And so he's waiting for them to try to fix that. And he's just like down in the dumps, um, at this point. And, uh, they, see from the deck this submarine and they're basically like we don't have any way to even do anything all we have is like fake guns 
I didn't totally understand this part because Steven Seagal goes, but we do have those guns. And I was like, well, wouldn't they have thought of that first? I'm so confused. Anyways. Right. That's uh, what I would immediately have jumped to. Right. But instead they're like, we only have starbursts. And they're like, except for those. Like, oh yeah, the main guns. We have those. It's like, what? what? All right. Yeah. Maybe you should have thought about that first. Uh, and so they go in there and they're kind of going, and this almost seemed like an instructional video. They were showing us how it all worked to load up the guns and shoot them. And I was like, this is very interesting, actually, uh, in a lot of ways. I and I was very interested in it. Because I didn't like those big-ass powder charges yeah. they had. I was like, what are they putting in there? Like, is that like a pillow filled with rocks? Yeah. For a second, I, because I didn't know how it worked, I thought they, it was a trick. I thought they were tricking the submarine. They were going to shoot blanks, basically, at them and force them to dive too early and sink the submarine. That's what, I <clears> thought they were tricking them. Because I was like, I don't know if those yeah. are, they, are they Are they pumping laundry into those things? I'm going to shoot shoot like clothes out of the thing but no those are actual powder and they shot actual ammunition and they actually sunk the submarine end of submarine it was awesome and uh tommy lee jones is uh on the top of the deck and sees all of this unfold and just completely falls and flies on his ass yeah he's got his eardrums blown out by the uh oh yeah when that massive cannon goes off i think most of us probably fall on our ass at least me i don't know maybe i'm a little Wimpy. I don't, what what'd you guys think of uh, Tommy Lee Jones's acting in this scene? Like, I, I thought it was actually pretty cool um, when he's just like going nuts now at this point because he's been bested once again by uh, Ryback. I think I, I, I appreciate an actor like Tommy Lee Jones who lays it out there on something like this. Like, he's clearly having fun. I don't know how much of this is the script or just him kind of like going on his own, but. I like when something like this happens. This is kind of the idea for the next uh, movie for us is okay. another Tommy Lee Jones uh, crazy acting film that involves a submarine. Keep that in mind. I like the sound of that. Right. Yeah. Whoa. So I, I really I really loved Tommy Lee Jones in this. I thought it's great. I, I love this type of acting. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Whoa. Exactly. You loved it that much. Oh, yeah. If you listened to our show last week. You know what that sound means. If you haven't, go back and listen to it. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> anyways, they get the stuff up up and going. Stranix, he tries to launch missiles towards Honolulu. Here, we really get some fancy knife work. Because uh, oh, yeah. uh, Rybeck and Stranix, <laughs> they, ridiculous. Go, they go one-on-one and... Let's just say they're like parrying each other's like blades with their knives, <laughs> and it's like clanging. Ching, 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 oh, ching. dude, it's crazy! <laughs> and then every but, time, I mean, every time Ryback gets a blow, and it like it like cuts to like just a, a mannequin or body getting like cut. It's <laughs> yeah, so. that part was pretty weak. And then like eventually, Ryback gouges out one of uh, Tommy Lee's eyes, right? Yeah, which is classic. It, it's truly classic Steven Seagal film. So Steven Seagal, the idea of Steven Seagal fighting in any of his films is truly, I'm going to fucking win this fight. And it's one thing I think that people like about his style of fighting and the, the style of fighting they portray in the movie is like, he does these hand-to-hand combats where he is always, the, the entire point is just to have the, get the one up no matter what the thing is. So he'll throw sand in people's eyes. He'll do whatever. And it's always just like, and sometimes it just looks like he's slapping at people. It's because he's like just trying to get an uh, upper hand. So it's kind of like with this, yeah, with a knife fight where all of a sudden he's just like gouging an eye out and then kills the guy. It's like, yeah, whatever it takes. And at one point, another guy, he like ripped his throat out. Uh, 
We're all yeah. supposed to stand up. We're getting we're getting requests here on the stream, Jamie. Yeah. Believe it or not, oh. it's from the um, on-site. Mustard Man himself is asking us, but he's out in a submarine in the middle of the hot Atlantic, and he's um, doing some investigative work on the on the squids and the octopi sexual reproduction cycle. So, yeah. Anyway, wow. that's pretty um, much the end of the, the great movie. Work, Alex. Yeah, so that's pretty much the end of the movie. They stop the uh, Tomahawk missiles by uh, putting punching in the code, which seemed like a pretty weak code, uh, honestly. It was like six Dude, six numbers. There was something really strange here, though, because the whole time there's also been this like council of war generals and stuff that are assessing the situation, and two guys like lean into one another, and they're like, well, what if this goes wrong? They're like, well, we're just going to blame it on Ryback. And I was like... Are they in on this? What's going on? And then that never came to fruition. I thought that was kind of strange. Yeah, but. I think it's just to show how bad those guys were. Those were the handlers for Stranix. And they were basically like, oh, well, it's going to blow back on us. And they're like, no, we'll just blame it on Ryback. We'll, we'll say Ryback. that he was the problem and, and caused the issue or whatever. Uh, okay. Yeah, anyways, they, they, they're able to punch in the codes. They stop the missile. Then there's a funeral at the end. And Steven Seagal is in his uh, Navy Whites, the only time we see him in that, and other than on the poster. And uh, and we see the end. And everyone's like, he's looking pretty sweet. And probably, and he's also making out with the Playboy Playmate. They're, they're now in a relationship. Uh, which gets to me my final, my final question. How long does that relationship last? At least one night. Ooh, good call. Oh, okay. I was going to say... Probably not long, right? Because he's he's got to get out of the military, get that sweet retirement package. Well, how long? How close is then, he? Because he said he he was trying to get to twenty. I don't know how close he was. Yeah, to that get 20. to twenty years, but um, and only honest, in, he's got like a thirty year difference with that girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, he does. Easy. He was born in what? I mean, real life, he's born in like fifty four or something. Yeah, and she's probably like mid late seventies. Born then, not not that age. Yeah, at least fifteen that years. Would be right? a whole different movie if the Playboy Playmate was like, "This is a Playboy from 1889. My God, fifteen. So, so at greasy. least fifteen to twenty years difference between the two. At least. So, anyways, that is under siege. Typically, when something's... Oh, there it is. There it is, man. <laughs> we're going to make... Promise disappointed in you. The one that we claim we won an award for or in uh, is going to be the worst episode we ever make. <laughs> yeah, it could be. That's fine. I know, yeah. I was like playing all these random weird clips. Um, also, one thing that I should mention is like the soundtrack to this movie. You'll notice it's... There's something specific about these 90s action movies soundtracks where they're using a lot of i think they're like uh instruments you'd be from asia and that type of stuff um and they kind of sound like this i can't find the clip so whatever <laughs> i can't find mm-hmm. the clip so <laughs> award-winning podcast work ladies and gentlemen yeah whatever man i don't know i uh, the clips aren't in line and i can't find the clip award-winning so, podcast yeah just forget it forget it even happened i don't even know how i'm going to edit that for the podcast release not the video i have to try to find these like two seconds of clips here. <laughs> maybe just cut this whole section anyways should we do ratings i think we should do some ratings here 
I'd like to go last, actually, this time. Do you? Oh. Oh. second. I'd let other people well, do that. I call second. I want to go last. I call second. All right. I went first last time. I can go first again. Maybe just get this out of the way. Don't let you guys just, like, get inside my mind. Oh, sometimes I really like Zach's input because he's, like, always hating on stuff. And I'm like, maybe I should be looking at this more with a critical eye because we are submarine movie critics. But uh, whatever. Do you want to go first, Brom? you want to go third? You're calling the captain. Oh, captain, my captain. Jamie's going to go. All right. You go first. Okay. You do it. I want some, I right. want to hear everybody's take. I loved this movie. There it is. <laughs> I thought it was going to be one of the, the typical like garbage movies that we watch that happen to have Steven Seagal and Gary Busey and all that. I mean, and then, and then you still, you know, oftentimes have fun with them like we did with something like Steel Sharks, and I think I kind of liked Submerged at, at times in that. Oh, of course you did. You had to like Submerged. That movie was insane. It's a little more forgettable um, than uh, Steel Sharks was that we always bring up. Steel Sharks is like iconic to us. I mean, we always talk about Steel Sharks. But I think we we didn't rate that movie high enough, if I'm going to be honest. like it's, From just an enjoyment like factor, like a, yeah. Like a three? But like this was like, a really, really good Steel Sharks. Like this uh, had competent directing, competent acting. It was just really fun, top to bottom, start to finish. I loved just like some of the themes of of the movie. Like not wearing the navy whites was a major thing. Like the whole movie was about this like party on on the sub, and they're like planning this party. I'm like, this is so ridiculous. This is unlike any submarine movie we've watched. And they're gonna have this this party on the uh, on the battleship. Um, and and it ends up being the, the terrorists kind of planning it. So, like, we've kind of seen some of that, like, terrorists hijacking a sub and all that. Like, um, But this, I don't know, like, did it well. Um, again, just front front to end, it was um, a lot of fun. I really enjoyed uh, Tommy Lee Jones in this. I thought his acting was awesome. Like, I was so confused at the beginning. I didn't know if he was actually going to be, like, trying to be, like, this rock star, like, Mick Jagger type. Um but it ends up that he was acting like as an actor, he was, he was acting while in the movie, which was kind of interesting because it was so weird. It was weird to see what he was doing. Like, where, where do I need to go? Chief, blah, 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 doing all this stuff and really over, over animated. Cause I'm like, I don't know if this is good, but then once you realize he's, uh, he's the villain and he's pretending, uh, to be the, the rock star, it, it makes more sense. And then he spirals out of control throughout the movie. Uh, it's fun to watch, and, and his final scene where he's talking about uh, the, the the shrimp. The what, what was the character from like the cartoons back in the day riding the shrimp with the, the pistols and everything? Like I don't know what the hell he's talking about, but I loved it. It was it was fun, uh, and I like I like a movie when a protagonist is like vaunted as unbeatable, um, especially when it's either realistic. A la something like Jason Bourne and everyone's just like scrambling like, oh, my God, we're fucked or the John Wicks of the world or when it's something like completely over the top, like a like a Riddick character or Dread or something like that. And I think Ryback had a little bit of both. Like he was a believable like character. I thought it was so funny that he was like the cook and this this strange set of circumstances forced him to either be a yeoman, as they said, or a cook because of something that went wrong um, when he was a Navy SEAL. Um, but he's this very decorated Navy SEAL who happens to be a cook on the ship, and he's like, just happened to be the the trump card, the trick card uh, to save the day. Um, and then just the movie coming full circle, I thought it was funny him 
wearing the the navy whites at the end after he wouldn't dress up the whole movie. I, I don't know. I just just everything about the movie was was fun and clever, and it took itself the the appropriate amount of serious and. Um, didn't have a ton of sub action. This is a sub podcast. We rate movies on on the sub action and sub content. I'll take a half point off for it, um, but still highly recommend this as just a movie if you got to watch uh, a movie coming up here. You know, some weekend the old the beer and wing pretzel and wings movie. Watch watch Under Siege. I'm going to give it a seven point oh. Seven point oh. Wow. Seven. Right. That's a seven. That's a 7.0. Uh-oh. Should be much higher. Coming. Should be much higher. I'm coming in. Coming in. And this goes out, th- th- this official Zach review goes out to uh, my guy, Derp Tonk, who says I'm best dressed due to the aviators. Boom. That's our friend Love Derp it. Tank. Love I it. I mean, fair enough. Love it. Um I had a I had a recording from this movie um, that demonstrates its uh, phenomenal work in the in the department of dialogue. Hello. Who in the hell is this? Who in the hell is this? This is Admiral Bates speaking. I'm trying to get a hold of Chief Ryback. Is he about? He's in a gunfight right now. I'm gonna have to take a message. What the hell is going on there? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is even that? What the hell is going on there? <laughs> this movie. You know, it's 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 Steven Seagal. So immediately, I didn't know anything about it. I'm just like, here we go, Steven Seagal. Here we go, right? Here's a four. It's going to be a four movie. No, this movie was awesome, and I'll be honest, it's not awesome because of Steven Seagal. <laughs> he he doesn't make the movie better. What makes the movie is a lot of what Ben already said. The director. Just some really awesome shots. And it's the rest of the cast. Not only, you know, you got Tommy Lee Jones and um, Busey, but everyone else is, is, is awesome in it, right? I mean, you've got people from, uh, what was his name? Cole, Cole, is it Cole Meany, right? Yeah. Dude, if you've Cole seen, Meany. if you've seen, um, um, holy shit, Kyle, what's a Nicholas? We suck tonight. What's a Nicholas Cage Air. movie? Con Air. Yeah, if you've seen Con Air, oh, yeah. you, you've seen Cole. You've seen Cole. Right, it's awesome. If you've seen, um, what's the one guy's name, Raymond Cruz, then you've seen Breaking Bad, Tuco, right? Like, have you seen Glenn Murshower? You've seen Landry's Dead. Uh, w- Landry's Dead. There you go. And if, if, you've, if seen, you've seen, if, if you've seen, what the hell's the movie that we watched? Oh my God, it's a '90s movie, and I made the yeah, oh, Dale Die. Sh- Dale Die is in. Dale Die. What are those movies? What are those movies? Uh, Operation. Operation Delta Force Two yeah. with Luke Cash. You've seen Dale die. Yeah, right. If yeah. you've seen Erica Aleniak, you looked at your dad's Playboys in the mid nineties. <laughs> Same. Okay, here's another. Right. Glenn, Glenn Morshower. <laughs> Glenn Morshower. He's in a lot of movies. This is always yeah. a guy. You're talking Black Hawk Down. You're talking Godzilla. Okay, he's in the 1998 Godzilla. Go back and listen to the podcast episode. So. We got guys. We got a good cast. I know I just named all males, but we got a good cast in this movie. Now we really have one. I mean, one female. One female, which you know. I named her. Yeah, we talked about it. At least there was more depth. And I think J- Jamie might talk about this during trivia. But Seagal wanted a char- a female character with depth, not just another, as he would say, as Steven Seagal would say, bimbo. Now, um, I like the movie. So I like the cast. I like the acting. I like the the action. 
um, over the top, the, the 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 metal thing crushing the guy, the stuff Steven Seagal is doing with the knife fights, that just the, this is straight up just like just bam bam bam, you know, like the, the gun shooting, and sometimes it looked kind of fucked up, but it was good, like it was entertaining, it, it looked good, there was good sub action, there was more sub action in this movie than incorrect. Whoa. That's not accurate. That's just not accurate. <laughs> that, that is a hundred percent. Accurate. There is better sub-action, more sub-action than Greyhound. This movie is... There, there's neither more nor better sub-action than Greyhound, there objectively. Is, there is so much more and so much better in this movie. Never watch Greyhound. Always watch Under Siege. Now, that being said, that being said... Do me a favor. Look at this. I'm giving this a hot, a hot eight. I'm giving this a hot eight. Because it's a good movie. It's an entertaining movie. It's not too long. The cast is phenomenal. And for Steven Seagal, I mean, come on. For Steven Seagal, this is great. And there's a lot of sub-action. Put a pin in it. All right, man. And a uh, a 7.5 and it was a 7 or 7.5? I gave it a 7. 7, yeah. Okay, I was like, what's going on here? I don't know. I got short-term memory loss. Um, so anyways, I'll go here. Number three. Last week, my review, I think I counted it. It may have gone like 12 minutes. That was insane. Don't know why that happened. Um, not going to do that this week. Uh, but I... I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we have two Academy Award nominee, one winner, actors in this. I thought Tommy Lee Jones was amazing. I thought Gary Busey was amazing. Um, and like like Zach, like you said, this is a Steven Seagal movie. So from the outside, Under Siege, uh, you know, you look at it, you're going to be like, this is going to be an action-packed Steven Seagal movie. You start watching it, and then all of a sudden... You have a rhinestone leather jacket clad uh, Tommy Lee Jones, a drag queen version of Gary Busey teaming up and they take down the ship. They sell, they're trying to sell its weapon arsenal to the highest bidder. And all the while, we have Steven Seagal, the U.S. Navy SEAL demolitions expert, disguised as he would call himself the lowly cook aboard a terrorism fueled tour. Fights his way through nine layers of hell to overcome all the odds, save Honolulu and a Playboy model from certain destruction. All of these actually add up to what I would call an incredible action movie. Blew my mind. Didn't think I was going to like this at all. Anybody who likes submersion and you like submarine movies, I mean, you're it's very you're a specific type of person. You should watch this movie. Um, you won't be disappointed unless you absolutely hate 90s action movies and you're probably going to say, this sucks ass and I don't really like this. And Kyle, why the heck are you going to give it a high score? Um, <laughs> but after after I've watched this and we've watched something like Operation Delta Force and just other 90s action movies and stuff that I've seen, there's something about them. I don't know. I don't know if it's nostalgic or what the hell it is, but I thoroughly enjoy them. Maybe I'm just built for that. Like, look at my build. Look at me. Look at my face. Maybe that's who I am. Maybe this is what I want. And honestly, love this movie. Didn't think I was going to love this movie. Thought I was going to come in here like solid three. But instead, I'm going to come in and give it a nine. Whoa. Whoa. 
Watch this movie. Love it. Right. It is fun. <clears throat> coming in last. Uh, I think this is... I, I'm actually surprised. I thought you guys were going to come in crazy high. I was going to pull you guys back down. But I'm actually not. I'm going to come in kind of amidst all of you uh, in a similar way. Uh, Steven Seagal, this is probably the best I've seen him. Uh, it's the only time I can say that he kind of comes off a little charming. Otherwise, he usually comes off as off-putting, I guess is the best way to put it. Like, I I, I watch him in movies. I'm like, oh, you don't want to be around him. And then, like, Tommy Lee Jones, amazing. Um, I love him when he goes crazy like this. And there's a few movies that he does this. Uh, I forget what the, the one where he's, like, an Irish nationalist or something. He's, like, setting bombs. That one's crazy. Yeah, that's, and then Isn't that The Fugitive? The or is that not it? No, no, no. It's a different one. I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. When he's making bombs. I think it's called... Uh, no, it's not Below starring Johnny Depp. Anyways. Uh, oh, Men in Black. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's it. It's Men in Black. And Men in Black Blown too. away. Blown away. He's a terrorist and blown away. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Gary Busey, um, he's yeah. getting a little out there on this one. This is, this is probably, this isn't like, remember when we said in Steel Sharks, like, oh, kind of subdued. Not subdued at all in this case. He's nuts. And then uh, I like Jordan Tate. I liked other, some of the, a bunch of the other stuff. And visually, uh, kind of a lot of fun. Uh, and what we were, you know, getting here. Uh, so overall, I enjoyed my time watching it. Uh, I wasn't going to go crazy with it, but I was going to come in at a seven and a half, which I didn't think wow. was that crazy. I didn't think that was that crazy. I did not think that was that crazy. One thing I will note, I guess I crazy. this for trivia, but I was going to note something else about the cast. But Can't believe I was the lowest score. Yeah, somehow. Yeah. I don't even know. Well, dude, I'll tell you what. After, so like last week we watched... Maybe that maybe this is playing into it a little bit, right? We watched Greyhound, which is like Wait, Kyle, I don't know, Kyle, Kyle, hundred percent. Oh, sorry, Zach. Do the, what did we watch? Yeah, what did we watch? <laughs> Go on. I saw the whites of Brahms' eyes there. <laughs> um, so we watched that where it's like what? I mean, ninety-five percent CGI. This is real. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is filmed. On an actual ship. And it's crazy because it's like in the middle of a city. Do you have the facts on that, Jamie? Or the trivia? It's not the facts. The Do you facts. have the trivia on that? Just the trivia facts. on what? <laughs> on how they filmed it? Well, I just know that it was filmed in uh, Alabama or something, right? Yeah, in Alabama on, um, on a ship, a surface ship, one that's docked. And they had to do, they had to do some modifications to the ship. This is, it's funny because... Um, like I said, I like the behind the scenes stuff. I like to watch that stuff. And so on this, there's behind the scenes things on the DVD. Do you want to like, oh, start watch a, Do you want to start a podcast where we just review instead of reviewing the it's movie, the we scenes. just review what's the extras on the DVD? We could do that. Um, the <laughs> extra. It could be so, Mackie Studios presents Extra Take. I like that. Yeah. There we go. And uh, what this was is it wasn't like actual clips or anything that you're watching. It was just like. You just click, and there's just this text you read. And that's all it was. But anyways, they needed to film. They needed to film this and make it look like they're out on the ocean, right? So what they did is they just made this massive black screen on another boat and would move that around the boat to block out the view of the city. That's awesome. And so, yeah, I was like. That's really cool. They're doing that. They modified the ship. They got permission because this is a you know historic ship. Um, 
I imagine they have to put it back to spec. Otherwise, people would be like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> they totally changed this like National Treasure for a Steven Seagal movie, although it's really good. But um, no, I, when they go to that length to do the real stuff, and Jamie, you always talk about the thing and how that's actual effects, not just CGI. This stuff should be appreciated because so much is just CGI now. And I mean... I know it's inevitable. I mean, there's stuff that we don't even realize that is CGI. If you watch the behind the scenes or if you follow certain accounts on Instagram, they'll show you behind the scenes or whatever, how stuff's made. It's amazing how much just is CGI now. It's pretty insane. But the real stuff, worth it. Love it. Yep. It looked great. Love those uh, helicopter shots. Love it. You loved them at a seven. I, so, I, again, I was I was going to do seven point five, and I came down I'm on subcontent. Once you get into like explosion? once you get into like eights, like those are like my all time like favorite movies. Like eight to nine to ten is like, yeah. And Dude, I mean, this is close. It's it's really fun. I will watch this again, and I will be excited for that day. A lot of mine that I found that have been really <clears> high <throat> are ones I didn't expect. Right, this one um, on the beach, the TV version. I was like, yeah. my God. This is lit. Other than that car explosion and the billboard at the yeah. end, but everything else amazing. So, anyways, it's probably a top ten, a top ten for us. I'll have to do an update sometime soon. It's been like a hundred episodes since I <laughs> updated everyone on our top ten movies. <laughs> We're due. We're due for a Brahm update. <clears throat> yeah, you got to update the spreadsheet though. I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, do that. I'll do it. I'll <laughs> We're a little it. behind. I do all. That. I do all that shit. Oh, thank God. Here's. Are we ready? We got to bounce into the so. next one. Yeah. You got to love it, hate it? Yeah, fuck. What are you joking? Dude, award-winning episode. Are you joking? Yeah, of course. Of course. Yes. I love it. No. I hate it. I love it, and I hate it. I love this segment, and I hate this segment. But the question is... Gang, what do you guys want first? Love it. Okay. A lot of love. There's a lot of love for this movie. A lot to choose from. There's a big selection to choose from because there's a lot of love for this movie. Why? Because it's way better than, oh, I don't know, Greyhound. Okay. (laughs) Is Greyhound, to you, is Greyhound what Midway is to me? Sounds like it. Apparently. I'm, yeah, I mean, and Jamie I'm, and I are like <laughs> um, Jamie and I are both like those are both very competent movies. Yeah, not perfect. Uh, I, no, I will continue to shit on Greyhound. Me and, and Brahma are like bring more, more of those. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Anyways, here we go. This comes from my guy, Callan Vass, April sixteenth, two thousand five. One of the best diehard clones out there. I thought of Die Hard when I watched this. Yeah. I like this better than Die Hard. I will say that. Oh, no. okay. That's, let's just delete that comment. We can't have that, <laughs> that blasphemy on this podcast. I will say one thing. Die Hard is phenomenal. I will die on that hill. <laughs> one, one thing I will say is that a lot of people talk about things as Die Hard clones. I do think it's a little underrating the idea that there are, that some of those are more under siege clones than Die Hard clones. Like I know, Under Siege is a Die Hard clone, but I think a lot of there are movies that are more knocking off Under Siege than Die Hard. They're not trying to create a Die Hard; they're trying to create an Under Siege. 
kind of stuff. Well, I mean, a lot of those Operation Double Exactly. I mean, they watch, call right? those yeah. diehard clones, but I actually think they're more trying to go for this. I would agree with that. Yeah. And they're <laughs> surprisingly competent <laughs> from what we've seen. <laughs> Are you good? Are we good? Go Wait, is it, do you have more? Was that was that just That was it? just the title. Yeah. That's all oh I said. Oh my god. Here we go. One of the best diehard clones out there. This is one of the best <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's just this is one of the best diehard clones out there with an excellent performance from Seagal. While it's not as good as Cliffhanger, Sudden Death, Die Hard, or any of the Die Hard sequels, it's still an awesome one. And it's action-packed throughout. I can't say it's Seagal's best because I haven't seen all of his films. Still, I wouldn't be surprised if it was due to two fantastic villains in Tommy Lee Jones and Gary Busey. And a game, Steven Seagal. Maybe I'm just a sucker for these diehard kind of movies, but I really do enjoy them. And this one was no different. If you're, ac- if you're an action lover like me, then this is a no-brainer. If not, stay away. Also, it's worth watching for people who think Seagal can't act. The direction is great. Andrew Davis does a great job here with great camera work, some good overhead shots, and overall keeping the film at a very fast pace. Great job. There is tons of violence. We get tons of extremely bloody gunshot wounds. A few bloody gunshot wounds to the head, knives in the neck and body, corpse with knives in its face, a very gory, a very gory impaling with a huge piece of wood, Lots of bloody stabbings, slicing and dicing, gouged out eye, and a knife in the top of the head. The acting is awesome. Steven Seagal is fantastic here and gives the best performance I have seen from him yet. He likable, had decent chemistry with Erica, kicked that ass, and was lots of fun to watch. Seagal rules. Tommy Lee Jones is tremendous as one of the main villains. He has some really cool dialogue, was extremely menacing, and really seemed to be enjoying himself. He was awesome. Gary Busey is also excellent as one of the main villains and does what he does best, play a psycho. He was very menacing. Erica is very pretty and does fine. And does fine with what she has to do. Rest of, <laughs> That's rest kind of, of what the, we said, too, to be honest. Rest, <laughs> rest of the cast is fine. Overall, a must-see this instant. I can't wait for Under Siege 2. Blank out of five. Which was five out of five. I see. Wow. There we go. I, I mean. Like I loved it. That That is somebody who is extremely passionate about this movie. Yeah. Callan Vass. I'm glad he enjoyed it. I am too. I hope this gets a 4K <laughs> steelbook release. It will, man. I, I highly doubt it will, but we can dream. All right. Now, for the hate it, like I said, there's a lot of love for Under Siege. There's not a lot. There is not a lot of hate. So I had to. I had to do a little bit of a deeper dive. IMDb, no joke, had no one star ratings for this movie. Seriously, wow. <laughs> like written reviews. That's like written reviews. So. Oh. So let's just jump over to Amazon. We got James Bond 007 with a one out of wow. five. Celebrity. Wait. He seriously got that name? That's James great. Bond 007 
one out of five. He reviewed this in 2008, February 9th. Verified purchase. Out to sea. Seagal's imitation of Bruce Willis Die Hard pales in comparison. I've often wondered how Steven Seagal got a break in the movies. He seems possessed with the acting talents of a lawn gnome and his mo- <laughs> and, and his <laughs> and his martial I know <laughs> and his martial arts skills seem to consist of nothing more than a series of stuntmen performing flips, slips and pratfalls mm-hmm. all around him every time he blinks an eye. I would love to see him in an actual MA competition. I don't believe I also, he would. I, get, I agree. No, I agree. <laughs> I, I don't believe he would get very far. He just seems too phony to take seriously, and as such, his movies suffer. One out of five. One out of five, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, there, there it is. There it is. <laughs> All right. Wonderful. Should we get some trivia? Yes. Let's do Real it. Real quick, uh, one of the top uh, grossing films of 1992. It came in at number 13 uh, of the films released in 1992. Uh, and it grossed $156 million on a $35 million budget. Nice. I got a little story on that. It was a spec script stole, sold as the, un, under the title Dreadnought for $1 million. And uh, that was kind of the idea was that when it was originally written and when they bought it, it looked like it was going to be this massive uh, budget, $100 million. And they were like, no, 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 we're looking for something in the $30 million range. They were looking to use it to get Seagal into the mainstream. They wanted to get out of pure action into more of an acting role. And they thought, as long as we can get the budget into reasonable range, we could do this. And they have some other things they talk about with Steven Seagal's ideas, one being the Pearl Harbor Memorial, because he thought the shots would be really nice. He also, as uh, Zach alluded to, did not like the uh, uh, actress as originally written, uh, the female lead. Uh, it's just a bimbo jumping out of cake, but after revisions, uh, he thought it was good in terms of her showing her intelligence uh, throughout the movie. Now, this is kind of interesting. So Steven Seagal, notoriously hard to work with. He was a host on Saturday Night Live and is well as known as the worst host in the history of SNL. <laughs> They really? say he was the hard, hardest person they've ever had to work with. I want to watch that. Yeah. Really? And then, yeah. Uh, Lauren Michaels said it was a mistake that they got him to host because it was he was so difficult to work with that they, yeah, he, he never hosted again and they would never have him host what, again. What year was that, Jamie? I'm just wondering. I that... believe it was, it, was, it was in the early 90s, so maybe around okay. this movie okay. or maybe right before. That's interesting. Uh, but anyways, director Andrew jo- uh, Davis had previously worked on Steven Seagal in Above the Law. And this is his quote. This tells you a little bit about working with Steven Seagal. Terry, uh, Terry Semmel wanted us to get back together again, saying that Seagal was only in the movie for 41 minutes. Tommy Lee is in the movie longer than Steven. It was fine. It was fine. It worked out well. We had a nice time down in Mobile and had a lot of fun making the movie, and that was the movie that got me The Fugitive, so it was worth it. That sounds like someone who really loved working with Steven Seagal. Yeah. He's like, that got me to what I needed to. <laughs> yeah, it was worth it because I, uh, Fugitive, and anyways, when they hired me, they told me uh, Seagal was only going to be in it for 41 minutes, so don't worry about it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so anyways, the USS Alabama uh, was a museum ship that was used uh, for Missouri, and USS Drum uh, was the museum ship uh, that portrayed the North Korea, uh, Korean submarine. 
And then, let me see what else. Oh, yeah, then the original title was Dreadnought, as I said. Uh, eventually, they changed it to Last to Surrender, but no one really liked that. And eventually, they settled Under Siege, which is an amazing title. I can't believe they, after, that was the third one. It's a really good title, Under Siege. So yeah, really great. I mean, like, Dreadnought is cool, but I don't think if you're going to mass market that to everybody, everybody's going to go see Dreadnought, you know, it's Under tough. Siege. Yeah, yeah they'll I be mean, like, all right. Yeah. No one's saying they got a handy to Dreadnought. Yeah. And no. then last couple things to... Uh, <laughs> a lot of people say they got a handy under uh, under Siege. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, right? It flows off the tongue. Right. Yeah. Uh, so this did receive two Academy Awards, uh, Best Sound Effects and Best Sound. Uh, nominations, I should say. Not, not awards. I was and, like, wait, what? Wow. did not, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I liked it, but I like, holy shit, yeah. two Academy Awards? And then awards? this is something also alluded to. Harrison Ford saw a rough cut of the film and approved director Andrew Davis for The Fugitive. Ooh. So I took one look at this and was like, yes, I'm okay with that. In. It's legit. I, I would this let him, is a legit movie. I'd have him direct our movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. The bowling, yeah. the bowling cyborg movie that we're talking about. Well, no, up your alley. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, do you, you just want to hit um, Phantom Zone? Uh, Probably of easy, right? Course it's I not a big deal. Like it's hit. really not that big of a deal. Dude, it's Dale. Die. It's all of them. Engage the Phantom. Erica Leniak was in uh, was in one too. Stealth what was fighter. she in? Stealth fighter. I knew I recognized her. So yeah, we got everyone's in this. Everyone in this is in other ones. More shower. Stevens. Most oh, most importantly, Landry's sorry. dad. Landry's dad. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. Don't Steven Seagal, Gary Busey. You know, ever Tommy Lee Jones is in one as, as I mentioned. Uh, at, Alina, what was her name? Alina Eliak or whatever? Erica, Erica Eliniak. Yeah. So she was also in one. Like, and everyone is in summaries. This is basically a hub that you can get to anywhere that you ever want in the history of cinema. So don't even worry about it. And that's actually the way that Ed Harris thought about it too. He was looking at it and he was like, this is my chance to break it big. But they were like, no, no, no. This is going to be a $35 million picture. We're bringing Steven Seagal mainstream. And he was like, well, what about Ed Harris? What about bringing Ed Harris mainstream? And so he made a film because he didn't get this one called uh, bringing at Harris mainstream. And it was a spectacular success. I think everyone knows it at this point. Uh, and yeah, it was actually, this was number 13 of 1992. That was number 12. And so he said, yeah, fuck you, Steven Seagal. Don't even worry about it. But I'm not sure. Yeah. People don't really recognize that one mostly because it ended up getting uh, rated NC double 17. Uh, which is actually NC-34. NC-34. Yeah, yeah. you have to be over 34 to watch uh, taking Ed Harris mainstream, which is actually kind of the opposite of mainstream, I guess, right? Yeah. It's actually kind of amazing. I guess I didn't realize that I just, this last year, I turned. I I can now watch the movie. Oh, my God. It's incredible. You guys can't even watch taking Ed Harris mainstream, right? Can you imagine if you went to the theaters? down our door. Yeah, oh my God. At our age, and we got rejected because, like, you got to be 34 to watch this well, movie. Well, no, if you saw Taking Ed Harris Mainstream, you'd understand. But you, you would know because I, I just got to watch it this last year. And it was, oh, you've, boy. You've seen some shit, you know? And yeah. I'll get there one day, but not not now. I've seen a lot, if you know what I mean. Anyways, do you guys want to do a little quiz? I found the hardest Jeopardy quiz. 
ever. Let's yes. do it. And I, what I was trying to find is I was trying to find Under Siege as an answer. And the earliest time that Jeopardy used Under Siege as an answer in Jeopardy or part of a clue in Jeopardy, and I found it. It was 1996. Wow. The title... <laughs> The title of the thing is Stars on CD-ROM. So have fun with this one. All right. So All it's right. 100, 200, 300, 400, and 500. Uh, who gave the lowest? Brom. So you get you get Eight to choose or... which one. 100, 200, 300, 400, or 500. Uh, I'm going to try to just get on the board here and go 100. The lunar word completes the CD title starring Margot Kidder and Brian Keith under a killing blank. Under a killing moon. What, what is moon? Moon. Very nice. Yeah. I mean, they kind of gave it to you. They led you there. Yeah. Uh, yeah but, Lunar. Yeah. yeah. $100, $100, uh, $100. Who was second lowest of you guys? Zach. Zach. Zachary. Uh, 200, 300, 400, or 500. Give me that sweet, sweet 500. In Bloodwing's Pumpkinhead's Revenge, I believe this is the third Pumpkinhead movie. Oddly, Pumpkinhead 2 was mentioned on the last episode, I believe. In Bloodwing's <laughs> Pumpkinhead's Revenge, you can see this daughter of Monkey Mickey. The hardest Jeopardy question of all time. <laughs> no one knows this is not a celebrity. <laughs> Wait, what's the question? <laughs> In Bloodwing's Pumpkin Head's Revenge, you can see this daughter of Monkey Mickey. <laughs> Who would know this? The Even daughter of Monkey Mickey. Okay. So let's say. Who is. No. Okay. It's not happening. It ain't happening. Yeah. <laughs> and don't even worry about answering. The name is Amy Delenz. A person Damn that it. no one's thought about, and I don't know how they decided this was a $500 Jeopardy question. It is my favorite Jeopardy question I've ever found. It's this <laughs> random like... thing about Bloodwing's Pumpkinhead's Revenge. I don't even know what that is. I don't even know who it is. You can see the daughter of Monkey Mickey. I don't know I don't know who the daughter is. I don't know who Monkey the Mickey mother is. is. I don't even know if it's a mother or father. Monkey Mickey? I guess it, yeah, I have no idea. That should be a million dollar question. Yeah, I don't, if I've, you can no just one pull that out of your ass. possibly answer that. Anyways. That's right. insane. 200, 300, or 400, Kyle. Uh, give, me, give me 200, All please. right. In Slam City, you go one-on-one <laughs> -on -one in this sport with Scottie Pippen. It's a hard one. What is basketball? It'd be funny if it wasn't correct. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it wasn't correct. Demolition Derby. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Since we only have two, we have three of you and we only have two questions left. We're going to be doing buzzer round. We're going to be Ooh. doing 300. This Belgian star of the film Street Fighter is in the Brown. Sony PlayStation game as well. Brown, what is it? Brown. Jean-Claude Van Damme. That is correct. And then finally 400. You guys avoided it this whole time. An ex-lifeguard of Baywatch. And a star of Under Siege. She plays twins on the Panic buzz, in the buzz, Park buzz, CD. Buzz, 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 I was waiting until the clue was given. Erica Elenac. That's right. Elenia. Correct. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I can't uh, say. I, I can't believe speak. that gets Kyle to win, but we're all winners for getting to hear In Blood Except Wings, Pumpkinhead's Revenge. You can see this daughter of question. Monkey Mickey. I did I pretty, tied Kyle Amy at Delance. the very least. I did pretty bad. Oh, no, you got the best one. All right. That's it. 
That's it? Yeah. I'm going to now Google. I'm going to quickly Google Amy Dillens to find out who this person is. <laughs> All right. You're not even going to mention the trivia on how Morty Seinfeld mentions Under Siege in Seinfeld? No. Does he? What is it? What is it? Yeah. What? He does it at some, at, I remember, I remember watching it with my wife. I even tweeted about it a long time ago. I mean, this was roughly two years ago or something, but, uh, he was like, yeah, man, that under siege movie is really great. <laughs> like it was Morty just like really that? out of the, yeah. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Like that was really just out of the blue, just crazy stuff. Um, so by the way, just to clarify, I'm, I'm learning a lot about pumpkin heads revenge right now. So essentially, what we're talking about is it, the monkey was actually the band monkey, the monkeys. Uh, Mickey Dolenz was a member of the monkeys. His daughter, uh. Amy Dolenz, was in Pumpkinhead 2, Blood Wings, the movie I mentioned previously. But that was made into a PC game called Blood Wings, Pumpkinhead's Revenge. And that's what they're referring to. That's... It's the, best. it's the best. It's the best. It's a perfect Jeopardy clue. If somebody ever knew that, hundred out of hundred, just give it to me. Wild. Uh, it's the best. It's the best. Anyways, Kyle. All right. All right. I I did find the exact quote. So Morty is with Uncle Leo, and Morty <laughs> is sitting on the couch. He says, "Hey, under siege is on again. Who's up?" Uncle Leo says, "No more nuts. Ugh." <sighs> Wow. That's all it is. Weird. Who's up? Well, you it's up? just like a weird reference to Under Siege. Uh, I'm going to bypass myself again for the sake of time. It Let's is go. Hour 30. So wow. Holy crap, it Mr. is. Jesus Rom, Christ. Do you have something for us? Absolutely. Hit me with it. Tube three ready to fire, sir. Commence the countdown. Well, Kyle skipped himself, as an honorable captain would do, but uh, I won't let him go quietly into that dark night. I'm going to honor him, uh, thanking him again for all the work he does on this podcast. Um, He's finally getting that recognition he deserves from IBGA, and uh, I want to go one step further and, and give him the next fodder and his cannon he needs to uh continue his career uh i talked about it a few weeks ago i said i, I was working on a demo tape uh for him to audition uh to be a voice oh actor <laughs> well i have got those clips and thank you also to zach Ew. who has uh got those readied up for us and on his soundboard so i've got seven audio clips from the history of submersion we're going all the way back to some of our early episodes and traveling through time here with some fantastic audio that Kyle has put to tape. And uh, I hope it gets him uh, that, that dream job he's always wanted as a, as a voice wow. actor. So uh, number seven, I want to showcase, uh, got a couple clips here that showcase his ability to play, you know, maybe perhaps like a, a whiny, you know, <laughs> goober. <laughs> so uh, clip sure. number seven, uh, Zach, uh, unload that on us. Oh my god, his nose! <laughs> so that was a more recent sound clip. You guys know what episode that was from? Oh my god, his nose? 
Oh my God, his nose! Oh my God, his nose! <laughs> I don't, I don't know, I don't know. It was the Magic School Bus episode. <laughs> oh. oh man, oh. a few short weeks ago. I know. Yeah. Um, number so six, much content. Uh, That's the thing. There's just too much content we're creating. I know. Cut it down. <laughs> number six. Uh, also, just some more fodder. If uh, if someone's looking for that whiny uh, character, uh, go ahead and play it for a sec. The company's like, Dumb. why? Come on, yeah. man. Yeah. That's one of the first episodes. <laughs> that was, that that was Phantom. Wow. That's Phantom. It's right. I did that. It's I did that in Phantom. Oh. 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 X-Files. <laughs> techno. 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 Yeah, it was with the techno. Okay, we're, we're like Amazing. an hour or 30 into it. We're still going. Uh, number five, if you need, uh, you know, you see a lot of women that'll play young boys on, um, you know, anime and things like that. Well, if you ever need a man to play a woman, hit us with number five. God. The bride is screaming, Pippin, Pippin, and... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's from either. <laughs> the bride is screaming, Pippin. And, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, Pippin, <laughs> what was, oh my God, that was, that was, uh, that was a dog. That was the Meg, right? Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's you right. got that's it. Meg. Nice, Kyle. Oh man. I'm in the zone now. Here Sniped we go. it. Sniped it. You will not get this one though, but number four, oh, okay. for anybody out there needs a, a guy with a great set of pipes on him, uh, Kyle can sing. Number four. Take it away. Oh man. Oh, Martha's Vineyard, we will go, we go, and we sail our boat. Martha's Vineyard, Martha's Vineyard, Vineyard. da-da, the land I call my home. Very nice. (laughs) (laughs) I am literally (laughs) never going to get that. (sighs) I cut out a little bit of Patrick there, which might have been a giveaway, because that is also from the X-Files episode. Mm. Uh, Oh, man. Oh, different. Hmm. Um, getting to number three, for those, you know, maybe Kyle's always wanted to do like a audio drama, perhaps set on a sub. Um, if you need an authoritative captain figure, Kyle has been authoritative at times. Go ahead and take it away with number three. Get those cob jobs out of here. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so we got <laughs> those cops. Cob. Oh. That was been pretty early. Get those I bet that was an early one. Out of here. Yeah. I bet that's an early one. That's when we were probably speculating on what Cobb standed for or something. Stood for. Yeah, we didn't know yet. Yeah. Back. I was back just waiting when, for uh, somebody like just shut the f up. Uh, back God. when uh, Alex was was with us on that one, he. Uh, that we did, we did, we did debate what a cob was, and we're like, "Oh, that must, that must be something." And we still didn't, I think, know at the time that that was Chief of Bow. Chief of Bow, yeah. But that was Last Resort. Wow. Oh. What is Last Resort? Oh, oh, yeah, right. Okay. The, yeah. the show, like the, the really show. well done show. Yeah. yeah. Wow. The one where we were supposed um, to do a whole bunch of episodes, isn't it? <laughs> we only did one. Very first one. Well, we've got them. We've got them safe. We can do more. All right. 
Number two, more uh, audio for the portfolio. If you need a dominant captain figure, go ahead and play it. And he's like, oh, look at you, bunch of babies, bunch yeah. of babies, bunch of whips. Look at you, babies. Yeah, oh, babies need, a, babies. babies need to handcuff someone. And they're like, hey, Marco, why don't you shut up? <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, why don't you come over here and touch me? No, what's he say? They're like, we'll put our hands on you. He's like, yeah, it's been a while since I've known a woman's touch. Know, hey, oh. yeah. He's like, oh, Marco, yeah. you dog, what are you doing? And so anyway, You're going to get beat up. <laughs> Sorry, that's that's uh, that's the uh, Dolph Lundgren, Dolph Lundgren and JCBD. What's it called again? That's Blackwater. Blackwater. Blackwater yeah. Good job, guys. <laughs> God. And finally, uh, number one again. If you need that alpha male, Kyle is your guy. Thank you wow. again, Kyle and Zach. Go ahead and play this for us. Look, shut up! Wow, that was shut up! Get out of here! Jesus Christ, it's really loud. <laughs> that's, anyway. that's how you yell at your animals, dude. What the heck? <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> wow, that was. Shut up! Get out of here! Jesus Christ, that's really loud. <laughs> that's how you yell at your animals, dude. <laughs> that sounds early as well. That sounds. I, re- I do remember that because I was like, "This is gonna scare Jamie." I, I have no fucking idea when this is from. Oh my god! It too was from a episode we already mentioned. It was Last Resort as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> He gets fired up on those TV episodes. Good episode. Yeah, man. Just get them going. But there you go, Kyle. I hope that uh, helps you out uh, tremendously in your career moving forward. Feel free to to use any and all of that. Yeah, they'll be like, wow, sir, your repertoire is next level. Very rangy. I was waiting for something like that where I just scream, but I'm like, I don't scream that off, especially especially since we had a kid. I don't really scream because uh, trying to keep her asleep. So I think that was probably pre-kid. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, especially because Jamie and I Episode used to record in person, seven. I'm pretty face sure. to face, and that would have been directly underneath where she was sleeping. So uh, that would not have flown. I would have been. I would have got a stern talking to afterwards. I'll say that. <laughs> but wow. All that right. is it. That okay. is my countdown. Thank you. Thank you. That's. Beautiful. I think that's it. I think that's the end of the episode. Great episode, guys. Wait, wait. <laughs> Isn't what? there. That's Zach emerging from the water <laughs> to present his Zach facts. Hit it. Do, 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 do. Zach Facts, it's Zach Facts. When you're going down, get some Zach Facts. When you're going down. Take it, Ben. Over, under, I'm going to go 3.5 this week. All right. He really liked this movie. And I think Jamie. I think it's just like a, a natural thing where when we really like it, people can probably tell pretty early on because they're like, these guys are way more invested in this episode. Not saying that we don't go the full distance on some shit movies, but I'm going over. I'm going to go under this week. <gasps> I think Jimmy went under? Yeah. Okay. He did. He, for all you listeners, he's doing some hand dancing. I think Zach's going uh, quantity over, or rather quality over quantity this week. Ooh, interesting. Ooh. 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 Maybe it's the suits. 
guys hear that? Yeah. Yeah. That's the sound that's, of luxury. That's the that's a preview of the next ASMR video right there. <laughs> Just suit suit stuff. <laughs> suit stuff with Zach. Yeah. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> Fact number one. So, you know, this is a big movie. 1992, a lesser-known comedy came out after this movie was released, though. Um, you know, it's one of those goofy ones, but it was called Underwear Siege. Hmm. And it, oh, it, 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 I it, could it see focused that. On, a, on a group of frat guys hijacking a transport ship to steal all the underwear to sell for beer money. Hmm. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's kind of like uh, Assault yeah. on the Queen. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> There you go. Except instead of gold, it's underwear or whatever. <laughs> Assault on Fruit of the Loom. Ooh. Very good. Underwear company, if people don't know what that is. Not a sponsor yet. Yeah. No, I would love them to be a sponsor. Could you imagine if we all got free pairs of underwear? Ugh. <laughs> Jamie's like, oh. <laughs> Jamie's like, my God. Like, you should have the amount of holes in the things I put on every day. All right. Fact number two. <clears throat> Fact two. The director specifically said no dolphins were going to be in this film. So he had to have the ones that appeared at the, in the opening credits shot on site. Right. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Seems justifiable. It's, what was that director? Andrew Davis, right? Yeah. Dolphin killer. If, if. Slander. <laughs> yep. JK. There we go. Good. Fact. Now, now we're protected. We said JK. We're protected. JK. Let's give him one of those. All right. There you go. Fact number three. Do you guys know about this about Gary Busey? Gary Busey only. Uh, you missed. You missed. Jimmy, you missed a lot of trivia, buddy. Gary Busey only agreed to be in this film if it would fulfill his lifelong goal, and that was to be in character and die on a submarine. And that's true. He did not die in Steel Sharks, right? Nope. He yeah. did not. So that didn't work. I thought it was mm. going to be his lifelong goal to dress and drag. Mm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That was an no, amazing he, scene. So yes. He does that all the time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, probably. So that was three facts, right? That was three. Do you think that's it? Not anymore. Doesn't, doesn't sound like it. <laughs> doesn't. Do me a favor. Look at this. Look at this. Fact number four. Oh, here we go. So you guys just heard that trivia about Gary Busey. Well, don't, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget Ben's guy, TLJ. You know who I'm talking about. Tommy Lee Jones. The Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. He only agreed to do this film if it satisfied his lifelong goal. And that was to die with his eye getting popped out and then a knife in the head and then his head smashed <laughs> into a computer screen. So... <laughs> Honestly, that's not a crazy goal. If I was an actor, I'd be like, I kind of want this. I want at least one time to have a crazy death scene like this. I'd actually be like, just watch Under Siege and let's do that. It's like crazy knife fight. Yeah. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and then just, ah. Right. Oh, my God. All right. And just 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 uh, for some salt in the wounds of the Oof. of those of you that guessed wrong, here is fact number number five. Fact number five, and we already talked about GB. We already talked about TLJ. So let's go SS over here. Steven Seagal, the man himself, only agreed to do this film if it satisfied his lifelong goal, and that was to have his first cousin play the female female lead. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> like that kiss scene even more now at the end, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, there, there it is. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Happy April Fools, everybody. Thank you for listening to Submersion. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating wherever you listen. Want to interact with us? Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also love to get messages from all of you. If you have a suggestion, a comment, or just anything you'd like to share, please email us at maceaststudios at gmail.com. 